Hi, welcome to Rewatch This, where we have first takes, hot takes, and the occasional double take. I'm Jason. And I'm Addy. Uh, what exactly is Rewatch This? Well, have you ever watched something amazing, but you couldn't talk about it with anyone because none of your friends have watched it yet? So then you keep pressuring them into the cave? Which is how we ended up here. When I found out you've never watched Avatar The Last Airbender, I had to do something about it, and I'm so happy I did specifically for this episode. These, well, one of them. <laughs> Yes, quite. I think one of them was a little bit more interesting, if I'm being honest here. It's okay. I think if you pair these two up, it's going to feel that way. Mm-hmm. It felt a little bit like how people feel about that other hated episode. Not that it was like so bad, but it definitely was like a relief almost for it to be over. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a very nice, but also not that nice way of saying it. Anyway, we should just get to talking about these pair of episodes because I don't know about you, but I'm excited to talk about it. So before we talk about our thoughts, we're going to summarize the episodes that we watched. Which means there will be spoilers. So unless you like spoilers, this is your final warning. Chapter 5, Avatar Day. We do that, right? We say the thing? <laughs> yes, we do. Okay. Addie, take us into this episode. The gang is ambushed by a group called the Rough Rhinos. They manage to barely escape. The rhinos consist of five mercenaries, each riding a Komodo rhino and specializing in a different fighting style. They find themselves in a town celebrating Avatar Day. Effigies of familiar avatars are wheeled into a square and burned? <laughs> Avatar Day is not a celebration at all, but a festival that denounces the avatar. Aang interferes to ask why. It turns out, in the past, Avatar Kyoshi murdered the town's leader, Chin the Great. So, as any Avatar would, Aang decides to solve this and stand trial for the crimes of his past life. He is thrown into jail, and now Sokka and Katara must do the investigations. The Water Tribe siblings travel back to Kyoshi Island to learn more about Kyoshi, and they find that Kyoshi could not have committed the crime at all. None of the evidence matches the story. However, it doesn't matter because the trial is actually rigged. Fantastic. <laughs> in a last-ditch effort, Sokka and Katara dress Aang in Kyoshi's clothes that are way too big, by the way, hoping to channel Kyoshi's spirit herself. Surprisingly, it works! Avatar Kyoshi channels through Aang and admits to the crime. Before Aang is able to be punished, though, the rough rhinos make a surprise appearance and destroy the town. The mayor of the town begs Aang to defend them, brokering a deal for his freedom. The gang successfully defends the town, and now Avatar Day is a celebration in honor of Aang for saving them. Yay! Meanwhile, Zuko uses his blue spirit persona to attack and steal from others, making Iroh question how he is bringing back so many supplies. Zuko decides that he is better off traveling alone, and Iroh lets him go. Mm. Oh. Chapter 6 the Blind Bandit. Jason, please tell us about this episode. The gang find themselves in an Earth Kingdom town with a famous teacher, Master Yu. Aang enrolls in his class to see if he could be his earthbending master. Master Yu is a skinny man whose main priority is coin. <laughs> Cha-ching. Aang decides that Master Yu isn't who he's looking for, but he overhears two young earthbenders talk about Earth Rumble 6. Oh, yeah. After some convincing from Katara, they visit an underground arena where an earthbending competition is taking place. The arena is elevated, and the goal is to knock the opponent out by any means necessary. <clears throat> earthbending. A competitor called the Boulder 
manages to beat every opponent working his way to the champion called the blind bandit the boulder is a buff topless man while the blind bandit is a small girl with a big attitude the blind bandit waits and listens before using earthbending making ang realize that this is the young girl that he saw in his vision from the swamp this must be his earthbending teacher after her win ang decides to challenge her and he knocks her off the platform causing her to leave the gang search the town for clues on who the blind bandit might actually be and it leads them to the Beifong residence, the richest people in town. It turns out they were right, and the blind bandit is actually Toph Beifong, the daughter of the household. After trading words, Toph and Aang have a heart-to-heart, Toph wanting to live a free life, and Aang needing a teacher. Soon after, both are kidnapped in metal containers, and there's a ransom for their freedom. Uh, Toph is quickly traded for the money, while Aang continues to be held hostage by the ringleader of Earth Rumble 6, Shin Fu. He plans on handing him over to the Fire Nation. Oh, no. It's pretty smart, actually. Yep. In a display of power, though, Toph takes out the entire troop of Rumble Sixers one by one. <laughs> Sokka and Katara rescue Aang, and they all just watch Toph kick ass. Yeah. Toph revealed her true self to her overprotective parents during the fight. And in response, her parents decide that they must restrict her even further. As the gang is about to leave, Toph suddenly appears, stating that her father changed his mind and that she is free to leave with them. <laughs> However... Her father believes Toph to be kidnapped, sending Master Yu and Shin Fu after them. Ah, uh, so good. So now, the story at large. Okay, so I have almost zero to say about episode five. Uh, really, nothing. I mean, I enjoyed kind of like the cute investigation that Sokka and Katara did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, comparatively to the big story arc, one of these episodes is a little more important than the other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess the connection that I did make was it both talked about identity and hmm. Sokka was saying how his boomerang was his identity and therefore the entire episode, because he lost his boomerang, he <laughs> felt like he had none and was constantly trying to find the next thing for him. <laughs> <laughs> like the monocle or <laughs> the pipe, something to make it his yeah. stitch. Is that what it's called? Stitch? Anyway, hmm? to make it anyway. his thing. And yeah, then we move on to Toph saying that she had to hide her identity from her parents this whole time. Hmm. I thought that that was a good pairing in that way where they both talked about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as a more general thought i had no idea that they were going to add a new member to the gang at all mm. i thought it was just going to be <laughs> ang guitar and Sokka for pretty much the whole series and i don't know how long Toph is going to stay with them but i think probably for a while because she doesn't want to go back home and this is her first group of friends right yeah so who knows maybe they'll add more or maybe this is where they cap it off solid four people group (laughs) (laughs) but i love Toph. really fun to meet her this episode and she reminds me of the stereotypical quiet daughter who lives a second life and (laughs) i think many can probably relate to that growing up also 
really love realizing how much they're depicting strong women in this series that you know first we see suki being super badass and katara Mm. slowly becoming Mm -hmm. a master and then toph who's also a master basically the best earthbender that her master has ever seen (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then also can't forget about ua being a leader to her people and making the ultimate sacrifice this huge list of lots of strong powerful women I love that. I'm glad that we're not dragging out the whole earthbending master mission too long. So I'm glad that, Mm -hmm. you know, we ended up here and we found Toph. Right, in episode six. Mm -hmm. What about you? Did you have any new revelations? watching these two episodes i guess it goes to show how when you pair these episodes up i didn't really remember most of episode five i think i remember sokka and katara investigating but i don't remember much else i remember ang in jail that's about it (laughs) it is a great scene by the way (laughs) speaking of that scene Mm -hmm. and i guess episode five in general there were lots of laughs there mm-hmm. what are your some of your favorite bits from that episode i mean i have to say that it was probably that one where Anne yeah. is starting to jail and there are a lot of really scary looking men and then he was like oh hey we're all bald i'm gonna fit right in <laughs> <laughs> and then later on we cut to him just chilling he just is able to get out of the shackles yeah that's my favorite like part nothing. that makes me laugh every time how he's just like Shoop. I'm out. Yeah, and nobody freaks out. It's like nothing (laughs) abnormal happened just then. And then just giving him, you know, love advice. And it's really cute. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Oh, and also they're like really sweetly complimenting him about Mm -hmm. he's handsome. Plus, you're the avatar. You're Yeah. I love how that comes last. You got game, dude. (laughs) Very cute. (laughs) So I love that moment. The other biggest laugh for me was not what I was expecting because I didn't really remember this. When Avatar Kyoshi channeled through Aang, she basically said, yeah, I killed him. (laughs) (laughs) True. Like they were trying so hard to summon her so that she can. Yeah. So she can like, oh, no, that's not what happened. But first thing she says, I murdered Jin the Conqueror. (laughs) Totally not what. (laughs) Literally the first thing that she said so that that was pretty funny actually (laughs) (laughs) what do you think of uh kiyoshi and her actions oh also i love the flashback we got of her Mm -hmm. bending i remember it kind of i guess i didn't remember it in this episode Mm, yeah well first of all really awesome that she just straight up admits that she murdered a guy i know no guilt or shame around that because she believed that she did the right thing for her people Mm -hmm. and it was wild to see her use the fan and like she split the island in half and was able to basically airbend the whole island apart. I know Aang's really powerful and all, but I have not seen him do that. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of gives you an idea of what Kiyoshi was like, her attitude and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's great. I think cold, but... Righteous. Yeah. So the other big thing that happens at the very end is Zuko decides to split from Uncle Iroh. And... Mm-hmm. That was a really sad thing for me to see because they were just kind of my favorite partner in crime duo. Yeah. Um, What are your thoughts on that happening? So 
I remember them splitting up. I don't remember them doing it in this episode or in this way. And it really tore at me when Iroh said, wait. And I thought he was going to try to stop him, but he said, you need this. And he gave him like the chocobo. <laughs> I love that um, we're continuing this chocobo thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's an apt description, honestly. Thank you. But it pulled at my heartstrings, you know? I was like, whoa, he's just going to let him go. Yeah. Was that how you felt when you first watched it or like this time? Ooh, I think the point of this is to feel conflicted. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that wants him to stay with Iroh because, well, they've been together and they're a team. So I'm viewing it that way. But also, I understand Zuko too. He's doing what he needs and what he's learned to survive. Mm-hmm. That's all you can do, right? Yeah, I agree. I was mostly sad because Iroh would be left alone and he obviously loves Zuko as his own son. So that mm-hmm. kind of feels like almost a betrayal. Yeah, a bit. And the other side of it is this could be very good for Zuko to learn how to survive on his own because he clearly thinks that he knows best. And I am going to look forward to him making mistakes and ultimately thinking back to the advice that Iroh gave him, looking for mm-hmm. hope yeah. within himself uh, when, when it's the darkest. Oh, yeah, that speech was really, was really sad. Yeah. After kind of the fun and hilarity of Aang, Sokka, and Katara's adventures, this was a sad note to end on. But we know they'll come back together. I'm, I have high hopes. Do we? Do we know that? I do. <laughs> you feel it? I feel it. Well, until they do, let's talk about episode six. Tough! <laughs> Okay, but before we get to potentially my favorite character. Wow. I thought it was so funny. When I was a kid, I'm not, I didn't watch wrestling. So <laughs> me as an adult knowing what wrestling is now, I thought it was so funny that Earth Rumble 6 is basically just WWE wrestling. Yes. Uh, I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah, what did you think? Instantly recognized all of the tropes and you have the super <laughs> arrogant muscle man who speaks in like third person. You have the... Kind of the controversial firebender character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know, just all really fun and watching Sokka get really, really into it and invested was hilarious. And Katara being like, oh, <laughs> men. <laughs> I know. That was great. Oh, speaking of Katara, I loved her flex, you know, bullying the Earthbender kids. Yeah. I actually really loved that they didn't make. Katara's like persuasion with the boys a sexist thing so I don't (laughs) know if this means that I'm a horrible person or something but I immediately was like oh she's gonna go and flirt with them (laughs) (laughs) but then I think that was that might have been the point of the bit you know what I mean thank goodness now that you say that I think I see that okay Um, because that's where my head went and then I was like oh my god are they gonna do that and then they didn't Instead, she tortured them, which is great. <laughs> which is better. Yeah, So right. much better. <laughs> and so much uh, more Katara. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Shall we talk about Toph? I love the buildup to her reveal and her reveal itself. It was great. I think the suspense was there mm-hmm. because, you know, the boulder was beating every single person. And, oh, there's a champion at the end. Yeah. Who is it? Mm-hmm. You know, and we saw all these big muscly guys <laughs> yeah and then the champion is this little girl yeah and then the way that they shot her was at first from below she looks 
like a normal yeah size yeah. person and then we pull out super wide and she's this teeny tiny little girl she is puny yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's small but she packs <laughs> yeah i didn't think that there was going to be another girl boss in this series but i was so wrong <laughs> there's so many already i didn't know there was one that's going to stick around yeah let alone join the gang i'm just like so elated to have two really strong female characters as the main characters of this series yeah mm-hmm. and with the addition of her being blind <laughs> she's tiny young and she's blind but she's the best earthbender ever she's yeah she's tiny young disabled (laughs) but that's her superpower and i think that's so fucking cool i love it when shit like that happens yeah i think if she were able to see she probably wouldn't be as strong as an earthbender Mm, yeah i think so i mean yeah she would have the talent but because of how she sees Mm -hmm. she's unlike any other exactly yeah Yeah. speaking of that when the show showed us how toff sees Mm -hmm. air quotes what did you think of it oh my god it was so cool right like the slow-mo first of all i am like such a slut with slow-mo love it 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 was so like gets me every time the black and white of the whole style of how yeah. she sees because that's maybe that's how she quote unquote sees yeah oh so visually what we're talking about in case you haven't seen it and i don't know why you should watch this episode <laughs> everything goes black and white mm-hmm. and everything is like desaturated until one of the characters the boulder takes a step and it makes shock waves on the ground yep and then those shock waves eventually reach toff Mm-hmm. And she knows what's happening. Yeah, like it travels up her on, like, through the body, ground. Yeah. Through the ground, up her body, and she's like, I know exactly where you are and what your movements mm-hmm. are, and I'ma kill you. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because of her literal dead eyes. <laughs> she looks very scary. And I love that they chose to really have close-ups on her eyes, her ears. You know, like at some point you can see her ears twitch. Yeah. And her feet and hands. Everything is just so like tactile in this episode. And when it comes to her, it's very fun. I can see her play a good villain as well. She just has that kind of like <laughs> bloodthirsty behavior, which I like. I don't know if you remember, but like before she goes after all of the, what is it? The Rumble Sixers? Um, yeah. Sokka I, I, and- I affectionately called them in the summary, Rumble Sixers. <laughs> Yes. So at the end, Sokka and Katara were going to go fight them. But Toph stops them and was like, no, they're mine. And I was like, oh, shit, girl. Okay. (laughs) I also really like that she's good at pretending to be helpless, too, which could be useful in the future. I mean, she's blind, you know, she's small and she's just like, oh. I'm so fragile. And then she like turns around and kills you. It's great. (laughs) I've actually seen a lot of people cosplay her, but I never knew that that was from Avatar. Well, welcome. I'll be honest. I was waiting a long time for you to meet Toph. I was really excited for this episode. Calvin and I both actually, because I was texting him. He was like, we're going to do episode six next. And I said, Addy's going to meet Toph. And he's like, oh my God, finally. Wow. Why did you guys uh, have such excitement for me to meet Toph specifically? I feel the episode speaks for itself. 
Can you elaborate? <laughs> because she's great. Like, well, I'm just like, why did you think I would like her? Oh, um, she's very likable, and I I also like her. I mean, I was excited because I love Toph, mm -hmm. and I wanted to know if you did or how much you did, <laughs> which is the point of this podcast. Yes, I really like that you said if I did and how much <laughs> instead of if I did or didn't because <laughs> there was no choice. I guess my curiosity is we have met a lot of people that are mm -hmm. very cool. Why Toph? I think I can honestly say that 70% of the time, Toph is my favorite character and that would be correct. Wow. What about I love the her. other three? I think she's so, so cool. Uh, fluctuates between Zuko, Katara, and Aang. <gasps> Zuko? Oh my god. Well, there's, I said three people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, but I'm, I'm shocked that Zuko is in one of them. Hmm. I think Zuko is a great character. We've been through this. He is a great character. I just felt like exactly. I was more of a fan than you were. Anyway. I like everyone. Anyway, <laughs> you were talking about how Toph was kicking ass at the end. Said, literally, let me 1v6. Yep. And uh, they all died. Did you have any favorite... <laughs> Did you have any favorite earthbending moments from the fight here or maybe just in this entire episode? Uh, yes, I had a couple. I think her whole like dust move was really cool because yeah. it was like using her disadvantage as an advantage. Yes. Love when that happens. And then just her movements. This is great choreography. I really felt everything that she did and mm. um i think the creators did a really really great job in making sure all of that animation was physically felt i like the word you used before tactile mm -hmm. and yeah. everything had a weight to it mm. and speed just yeah combined with her calmness in every situation wow magic and creepy so at good. the same time <laughs> Just her blank stare, just hurting people. <laughs> she can't see. I know, but like we can. It's yeah. it's cool. So anyway, the dust move <laughs> was really great. Her creating it and also blowing it away later. And then yeah. when she finally fights Shinfu, uh, she creates a shield around herself to mm. block the boulders that he sends her way. At the very same time, she splits it in half and sends it flying to Shinfu, which he actually manages to dodge <laughs> in a very cool way. And he then immediately sends another boulder that almost hits her, but he's not as good. So <laughs> just this whole like back and forth thing is really amazing knowing, I guess, her physique and her disability. Yeah. Also really love her smirks throughout. <laughs> <laughs> She's having fun. Yeah. I think... This was the longest earthbending fight we've seen so far. Like even with Boomy and that one other episode, yeah. I feel this was savage fighting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And really just cool to see all the different shapes that they can bend these boulders and like into pillars, dust. Really fun. Did you have a favorite moment? I wrote one down and I realized that I probably have another. Um... She doesn't move where, like, I don't know why it, you said those pillars. She she earth bends like three pillars and knocks a guy out mm -hmm. with those three pillars. But then yeah. I'm reminded how good her opening scene was and how she just kicked the ground. Mm -hmm. And then the boulder did the splits. 
in that slow mo thing. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Simple, like that's all you effective. needed. Yeah, mm-hmm. amazing. Unfortunately, her dad does not think that this is very amazing. Ooh, no, he does not. No, after kind of seeing how strong she is, you would think that he would finally relinquish some of the security and paranoia around his daughter. But mm-hmm. instead, he's like, "Nope, we're going to lock you in even harder." And <laughs> that's just really sad. But are you able to find some empathy for him? Nah. Uh, I mean, okay. So this episode does a very good job at letting us, you know, haha, see things through Top's point of view. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's hard for me to empathize with her dad, which is the thing holding her back from freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I relate to Top in that way, where that's what you know I want. Having a parent kind of restrict you from that is really frustrating, especially as someone as capable as Top. Yeah, you know, and she has it. shown herself. That she can do it. Mm-hmm. And what's worse is like she even fessed up to him. She's like, this is who I am. Like, I love fighting. Mm-hmm. And to have her dad be like, no, fuck that. You're going to be locked down more. Mm-hmm. It's It sucks. So I, I do understand that this is his blind daughter. Mm-hmm. But he could have been a lot nicer about that. <laughs> or like, you know, actually listen to her. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about her father's motivations or her motivations too? I feel like it's pretty common and relatable to have an identity and desires stuffed so far down and not let people that you're most closest to see that. It's Mm -hmm. no wonder that she has a secret identity as the blind bandit and is able to kind of live that other life. But then the other part of her is not wanting to bring burden to your, her parents who are already fussing after her because she's blind and fragile and all that. <laughs> it is really sad that she had to do that, but I'm now happy that she it's all in the open now. And yep. um, hopefully her dad will one day accept that. And it's wild that he doesn't now because he literally saw with like his own eyes that she beat up men who are three times her size yeah. without yeah. breaking a sweat. And I'm like, uh, okay, this is a you thing, my man. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you should look within of why you don't want to let your daughter out. I thought you were going to pull an Iroh quote. Oh, no, there's little hope for this man. <laughs> but I have hope for Toph. So what were your thoughts on Toph joining the gang? when you first watched it as a kid were you excited or ew what you can't like join this gang it's three people i was really excited besides the point of like her introduction being amazing Mm -hmm. i was really excited and i was kind of like used to this way back when when i was watching the pokemon anime Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) ash would have some companions join him sometimes Mm -hmm. you know uh in this case they're misty or brock so I was kind of like used to people joining in. And I don't know. It's just like a, a fun little addition, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just have fun with it. <laughs> it was really exciting. I was like, oh, you're coming with? All right, let's go. <laughs> How did you feel about it? Also excited. I was yeah, like, wait, oh, no. They just introduced this awesome character and then we can't see more of her. Happy that she was like, fuck you, dad, and then left. Yeah. 
So you know how I feel about this episode. Mm -hmm. I like this episode a lot. How do you feel? Where does this episode rank for you? I would say it's closely following Katara's episode where she battles out Master Paku. Ooh, another fantastic episode. Yeah, again, it's another female character fighting a grown-ass dude being toxic. <laughs> well, in, in Toph's like, case, it's several. It's several, yeah. But basically, like, men belittling right. women and what they can do. And uh, they both showed them. Exactly. Well, that's very exciting to hear. I'm excited to see what else can get that high for you. Yes. But until then, do any characters stick out to you in these two episodes? Or uh, did you learn anything? Uh, well, I think obviously Toph. So and we've already talked yeah. about her a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the lesson is obviously never judge a book by its cover. And... That's always fun. Right. Yeah. That goes for both of these episodes too with the bald criminals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the scary looking. And Toph. I think it's really, that's a good one. Yeah. Now, at this point, I would like to share some little tidbits like whatever behind the scenes I could find or maybe even some lore from the world of the show. Whatever things I think will help Addie appreciate the show a little bit more. Woo! The Boulder. Do you know who he might be named after? Uh... This is wrong. Oh, wait. Oh my god, I had two answers just come to me. <laughs> uh-huh. So at first I'd like to hear both. This is wrong, but Game of Thrones, the mountain. And then I was like, <laughs> wait, <laughs> the rock, obviously. Yes, it's the rock. <laughs> <laughs> Very much the rock. Oh, I just yeah. want to say I really enjoyed yeah. Toff's uh jab at calling him the pebble. <laughs> Her mouth is too big. <laughs> Speaking of Toph, Toph. Originally, Toph was supposed to be a teenage boy. <gasps> wow. However, uh, I'm going to butcher this name. Aaron Ahaz suggested <laughs> making her a girl. And after some time, mm -hmm. Mike and Brian were convinced. They were not convinced at first. And wow. ta-da. Points deducted. <laughs> Points well, are they, going to I Aaron. In the art book, they said, the more we thought about it, the more we liked it. And now they can't see her any other way. Mm -hmm. And this is a fun one. Again, Toph, because she's blind, she uses a unique style of earthbending. So, of course, they had to have a unique real-life martial art to pair it up with. Mm -hmm. So, instead of the usual earthbending fighting style of Hungar, mm -hmm. Toph's style is actually based off of the Southern Praying Mantis style. Oh, that's fun. I have seen that yeah, it's a, in movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a chinese martial art that places emphasis on close range fighting mm -hmm. it focuses mostly on using hand and arm techniques and limiting the leg techniques which makes sense because top sees with her legs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so she can't have them so, moving about so she can't have them like up in the air and stuff yeah yeah so cool apparently it looks a lot like street fighting so when you said earlier that it was very like brutal oh i i just read that <laughs> yes i caught it yeah you, you saw it yeah i'm so glad you decided to talk about the martial arts of this because i felt like there was a lot of effort put into it so thank you for giving me some insight there was a lot of effort um their martial arts consultant sifu kisu had to call in his friend sifu manny who was an expert in this specific style wow so they did a whole workshop on this so people could study the movements and understand what's going on. Wow. Very cool. 
And now I would like to know what you think is going to happen next. <laughs> okay, first of all, more earth bending because uh-huh. please. <laughs> and also I want to see Aang start playing around with earth bending because we've never seen him earth bend. Right. And on the more romantic side of things, I are they the same age? Yeah, right? Toph is 12. Yeah, yeah, he's 12 as well. I wonder if there's going to be any jealousy from Katara about Toph. I know Aang's mm. not going to waver, but like, will Katara feel a little insecure? Hmm. <laughs> I don't want this happening, but I, is there going to be like a Toph and Sokka thing? Uh, I don't want that. Hmm. <laughs> I'm excited in seeing Zuko's solo adventures. Like I said, I think he's going to think very highly of his own survival skills and it will probably bite him in the ass later. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see. And that is a wrap on episode 13. If you had as much fun as we did, please support us by rating and subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can reach us at rewatchthispod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at rewatchthispod. Thanks to our producer Calvin for all your help and thank you for listening in and joining us on Addie's journey through the world of Avatar The Last Airbender. We hope you can join us next time when we cover chapters 7 and 8. Until then, that's Jason. That's Addie. And this has been Rewatch This. Rewatch This.